My name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And we are the Extra Sisters. So sit back, relax, grab a drink, and let's get creepy. As I open my blind that doesn't have a real cork. This is good because apparently there's a cork shortage. <laughs> Welcome to another haunted happy hour. And on this haunted happy hour, we're going to do some conspiracy theories. Now, this may be one part of kind of a continued conspiracy series series but we'll probably do that over years it's probably not going to be something we do monthly we may just do like another conspiracy theory one next year or something like that because there are so many conspiracy theories oh my god so many now we would just like to mention these are not meant to harm any person or entity or company uh, please don't sue us because we have no money so <laughs> we're not even saying talking about these that we believe them they're just interesting and or funny we're just giving you the facts. Just, you guys believe what you want to believe. Yes, that's. I'm gonna pour. So, let's do this. I have some interesting ones. I have some like a sad one. My last one's real sad. Mine are all sad. Great. <laughs> mine are. <laughs> some of mine are funny. Like the second one, I honestly like. As soon as I say it, I'm probably gonna laugh. So, I think you took some of the more like. See, okay, my thing with conspiracy theories is it's really difficult for me to research them because some of them genuinely scare me. And if I fall into the rabbit hole, it's really hard to dig myself out. So I had to be really careful with this one. So I had to do some of the ones where I was like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, so I had to be careful. And you took some of the ones where I knew, like, when you said you were doing one of the specific ones, I was like, okay, great, because I will never touch that one ever. So you just tell me the things I need to know and I can forget about it forever. <laughs> perfect, so, perfect. Uh, yes. So good, great. Do you Yeah, I definitely went creepy with this one. Yeah, I was, I, that, I really wanted to, like some of this is kind of creepy, but like, mm, it's just. Hey, it's my turn. You end up getting the creepy stories. It's my turn. That's totally fair. You can always have the creepy <laughs> conspiracy theories, and I'll take some of the funnier ones that are, like, really outlandish. Perfect. Because, like I said, they really do a number on me. Like, when I... We're not going to... Or maybe... I don't think we'll ever really touch on 9-11 and things like that, because that's just, like, really touchy, and, like, a lot of fucking people died. But... Uh, maybe. If I can convince Amanda, maybe. I mean, you... <laughs> <laughs> well I, like i said we can talk about things without ever saying if we believe them or not believe them and you know yeah. we, we can talk about conspiracy theories and you know like i have one on here i have a couple on here where i i don't necessarily believe them <laughs> but it's interesting <laughs> to see what people put together based on like goodness some information since we're talking about 9-11 and i brought it up so when 9-11 happened i was in third grade i was like what mm -hmm. is that nine or ten something like that nine. i had dial up internet and mm -hmm. It was on TV, obviously. We all experienced that, whatever age you were. It was all the media was talking about. I remember at nine years old, I looked up every single video, news article, internet clip, like anything that I could find that wasn't like mainstream media that was just getting played on the news over and over. And my parents didn't know this, but at nine years old, I fell into this like dark pit of like terrorism and mass death and like it was really scary obviously as a nine-year-old trying to wrap my head around those kinds of things and that's just kind of like the person I am obviously it started early and I think that was mm -hmm. similar stories that we all have especially when something like that rocks you when you're that young but I like I just right. like tear myself away from it and that's just how I am with all of these things that I can't wrap my head around. That's just one of those things where, like, I, you can call me a sheep all day, but I just 
for me, ignorance is bliss because I have anxiety problems and they will just like spiral out of control. So conspiracy theories definitely will do that if I get like too much into them and I don't necessarily want to know everything the government doesn't want me to know because then I just like would never be able to like go about my day to day. So that's that. Really quick, just because this is really interesting. You were into 9-11 when you were nine. What happened when I was nine was Columbine. And that just fucked up my world for a while. So that was interesting. interesting. Obviously, Amanda and I are not the same age. Right, yeah. Well, you're just like a little bit older than me. Mm -hmm. But that rocked my world when I was older and starting to get into free crimes and uh, forensic psychology and stuff. Mm -hmm. So Columbine specifically. So interesting how our worlds converged later in life. Right. So drinking and talking about these, I I know that it's probably to you all not going to be that scary. It's always like when I listen back on these, I just listened to our lucid dreaming episode after we had done it. And I was having a meltdown because we talked about Reagan running at me in a dream. And I sounded like a fucking idiot, but you guys don't know how like real that is to me, especially when I'm drinking. So this isn't going to be as scary to you guys as it is probably me or to us, but we're also drinking and we're also, we've been doing this research for hours and hours and hours. So Right. Here we are. So hopefully you enjoy it. Some of these, like I said, my end is a little sillier and your end is a lot more serious because I know some of the ones you have are not some of the ones I wanted to touch. So eh, we'll go back and forth. Some serious and some funny. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I'm gonna go ahead and kick this off with a homegrown conspiracy theory. Well, not like home for me, I'm from Dallas. But we live <laughs> in Colorado and this conspiracy theory is around the Denver International Airport. Which We've mentioned before, but this is going to go into a little bit more detail. If you look this up, obviously we cannot do a compacted episode. Like if we went into extreme detail on all of these conspiracy theories, we could probably do a whole episode on like every single one of these or like 30 minutes on every single one of these. So this is a lot of compacted information. So it may not sound super like... I mean, there are podcasts for that if you guys want yeah, that. Yeah, with this ain't it. This was one episode. Yeah. But DIA opened in 1995 after taking a long, a lot longer to, like, it was supposed to open and then it took way longer than it was supposed to and it went over $2 billion over budget. And it took over a year than it was originally estimated to take. So, you know, there, that, that was already, the public was like, what the fuck? It's the largest airport in the U.S. by space and it's 53 square miles. One of the criticisms of planning was that the shape, the sh- okay, the sh- if you, you can look up all of this up on Google Images, the shape of the runways appears to make a shape similar to a swastika. So take that as you will. Right. It probably would not be mentioned had the rest of DAA not been fucking weird, you know? <laughs> so living in Colorado, Kristen and I are obviously like, we've been to DIA a lot. <laughs> so, right. And the first thing you see when you pull in is Lucifer. <laughs> he's a giant blue mustang with these horrifying glowing red eyes they're orange because our team is the broncos blue and orange i hate when people say that but yes i get i get it it's creepy yeah so my god yeah but see that when you look into the creation of lucifer it's it's a little it's a little darker a little creepier okay so i saw a quote when i was looking this up that said if hell had horses they look like this And so we start off this journey into DIA with this Mustang that actually impaled its creator and he ended up bleeding to death. And they still put this up. So welcome to DIA. (laughs) Welcome. And there's creepy artwork all over DIA. 
uh, depictions of sobbing children holding little animals is in one. And there's one in particular of this uniformed man. He's in like this green militia uniform and he's in a gas mask and he's holding an automatic weapon with a slew of like crying people and then like a rainbow over him. It's the fucking weirdest thing. I really recommend looking up the artwork at DIA. And a lot of it looks like it represents a utopian future or a utopian world. So make that as you will. There's a time capsule they embedded into DIA done by the New World Airport Commission. That's what it says at the bottom of the time capsule. And if you look into that, that isn't really a thing. So when you look that up, all that comes up is Denver International Airport. That's not like a website. That's not an organization. It's only on that time capsule and only exists at Denver International Airport. It's the New World Airport Commission. So I'm just kind of fucking weird. Because there is a vast network of tunnels underneath DIA. And one of the reasons DIA was delayed in opening was because they created this automated baggage system that they spent a ton of money on. And it never worked. It was considered a total and complete failure and disaster. And a lot of theorists believe it was just a cover-up in order to get these tunnels in place. So DIA is said to be the hub of the new world order basically where they will go like the illuminati and shit will go when shit hits the fan so shit hits the fan Kristen and i and all of our families we're dying they don't give a shit about us. but where would we go if we were in this new world order to dia there's a bunker if you will DIA reps do not deny the existence of these tunnels. In fact, there was a time when, and you may still be able to tour these tunnels. They actually laugh and invite theorists to create these stories of bunkers and New World Order. They say they are used every day for employees to get to and from and transport under the airport for belongings and goods, which of course is believable and I'm sure they do. But at the same time, of course they would have the knowledge, acknowledge these tunnels and give them a believable purpose. There's no way as a public we would not know that they were there. So, of course, they'd be like, oh, yeah, they're just there for transportation. Like, yeah, but we love the conspiracies. We'll keep them coming. So if you look up, if you like, if you go to Google right now and you look up tunnels under DIA, you're going to find news sources like Denver News, Denver Post, things like that. And, you know, the rep from DIA is like, oh, yeah, they're there. Here are pictures. You can come to them. Da, da, da. This is where we get to and from. The employees come down here. But obviously... If there was a new world order, they would need us to be comfortable with that because there's no way that we can actually, they're going to deny that the existence is there. There's also a lot of Freemason inscription and logo and Illuminati symbolism throughout the airport. And I'm not going to get into the Freemason conspiracy theories, but they have a lot of their own that have to do with the same things. So look that up on your own. But if you just look up Denver International Conspiracy Theories, it will elaborate on all of these. But one of the ones I can throw, just look up some of the artwork. It's really... The artwork's creepy. I'm looking at it right now. I told you. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. And Lots of dead animals, deforestation. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yep. And then also if you look up uh, the time capsule and what they put in it, you know, it's a lot of like a Colorado flag and like the newspaper article from the day DIA opened and a lot of stuff like that. But... You know, the inscription, I think, has either near it or on it has the Freemason logo on it and just stuff like that. So there's a lot of Illuminati New World Order buzz around DIA and that this is where people are going when 
the apocalypse arrives. So they will be safe here and sent here to basically start the new. So interesting. Yes. yes. Or something. I mean, that doesn't really bother. Like, we all know that there, I mean, I would assume there is a world elite that they're not going to tell us about because, I mean, yeah. you know, even the president, obviously, if there's an apocalypse, let's just say at a very small scale, it's going to get sent somewhere that the rest of us are not. So you can assume if you can pay your way into that, kind of like in Kingsman, for like an example of just a movie, that that exists. And they've got to put them somewhere. Why not one of the biggest airports in the world, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Or like 2012. It. Yeah, exactly. Which is literally about that. Exactly. That was interesting mm -hmm. and creepy. Now I'm going to have to look at those paintings next time I'm there. I, I can't fucking find them. <laughs> when you go there? But I don't ever huh. think about it because I'm just like, get to my gate. <laughs> so. Right, exactly. Run, run, run. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Sorry, but the dead baby project. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> The conspiracy- so the first two that I have are conspiracy theories that have already been proven to be true. Oh, great. So It's not even like yeah. speculation. <laughs> no, these are real. These are real. Yeah. So the conspiracy theory was that the U.S. government was stealing bodies to do radioactive testing. Cute. Obviously that's true. I just told you that. So here's what it is. Project Sunshine was originally kept secret but came out in 1956. Project Sunshine sought to examine the long-term effects of nuclear radiation on the biosphere due to the repeated nuclear detonations. An earlier test project, Gabriel, determined that the radioactive isotope SR90 was the most serious threat to human health, and Project Sunshine sought to measure the global dispersion of this isotope by measuring its concentration in the tissues and bones of the dead. Of particular interest were the remains of the young, since their developing bones have the highest susceptibility to radiation damage. On January 18, 1955, then-Atomic Energy Commissioner Dr. Willard Libby said that there was insufficient data regarding the effects of fallout due to lack of human samples, especially samples taken from children, to analyze. Libby was quoted saying, I don't know how to get them, but I do say that it is a matter of prime importance to get them, and particularly in the young age group. So human samples are often of prime importance, and... If anybody knows how to do a good job of body snatching, they will they will really be serving their country. Oh my god. This led to over 1,500 samples being gathered, of which only 500 were analyzed. Many of the 1,500 sample cadavers were babies and young children, and were taken from countries from Australia to Europe, often without their parents' consent or knowledge. Ooh. According to the investigation launched after a British newspaper reported that British scientists had obtained children's bodies from various hospitals and shipped their body parts to the United States, a British mother had said that her stillborn baby's legs were removed by British doctors, and to prevent her from finding out what had happened, she was not allowed to dress the baby for the funeral. Oh my god, that is so sad. Yeah. I mean, parents, I get children were just being taken. Yeah, I mean, I get, you know, needing bodies for science, but like... I'm sure you can get people to donate them. Right. Like, not in the 50s, not in 55. We don't want to tell people that. Well, yeah. I guess. But there was even a greater sense of patriotism, I think, back then than there is now. Yeah, but it's the U.S. wanting to do it. It's not the world wanting to do it. So why they wanted to get it from all oh, countries to see how it was spreading that's everywhere. True, that's true. Yeah. Like, I get that they needed that research, potentially, but damn, that's disturbing and gross. Yeah, I mean, I understand needing a lot of scientific research, but I think the way that we have gone about it is just horrific. 
Exactly. How do we know ice pick lobotomies don't work, you know? Exactly. We fucking know now. That's the end of that one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I gotta pour more wine. <laughs> so this one is one of those where I actually, not on the Extra Sisters Instagram, just on like my personal one, I was just kind of curious and I was like, what are some interesting conspiracy theories you know about? And I got this one and I was like, oh, I can't wait to it. The ice bucket challenge was a satanic ritual. <laughs> what? Okay, okay. 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 Right. Okay. So I know most of us remember in 2014-2015 the ALS ice bucket challenge took the internet by storm. If you don't remember, basically, you went on social media and yourself or someone else dumped ice water over your head in a video to raise awareness for ALS. Okay. So, actually, right. side note, gotten hot water about this back in the day because I was like that's stupid and I said that on social media and people were like oh my god are you against a like curing ALS and I was like no but isn't the point you're dumping ice water in your head to avoid donating why don't you just donate instead of pour the ice water on your head exactly so, it's fucking dumb did not like that but I will say Good. I mean it did raise 115 million dollars in one summer so like that's cool that's a lot fun. of that was celebrity endorsement, but a lot of that was you know, like people raising awareness. But it was like, you donate $100 or you pour ice water on your head. And my ass went to Facebook and I was like, all of you pouring ice water on your head, like, that's just saying you don't want to donate. Like, and then people exactly. got so mad at me. And I was like, I'm sorry, just donate the money, goddamn. <laughs> I did not participate in the ice bucket challenge. And then one of my friend's moms hated me from then on out. And I'm pretty sure still does. So like. Jesus Christ. I know. That's dumb. Every time I see your post on Facebook, I was like, do you still hate me because of the ice bucket challenge? Oh my god. Anyways, but some of people believe this was actually a satanic purification process to cleanse America to make way for the Antichrist. The Antichrist, you say? I say the Antichrist. Or a Lucifer, <laughs> a Luciferic agenda. How do you, I don't know how to say Lucifer, Luciferic. So, this actually started because of one evangelical preacher, so take that. No. <laughs> now, she, after she came out and said this, she was not alone, okay? So, this is a legit conspiracy theory that a lot of people believe in. And so, here is what is backing that up. So, make your own decision, whatever. So, right. but that's why I laughed at this one, because I was like, oh my god, the ice I knew that ice bucket challenge was weird. So... <laughs> The ice bucket challenge mimics Christian and Jewish baptism, but in a religious <laughs> manner. And it must go in a specific order. And it has these three stages. Acceptance, so acceptance of the challenge. The cleansing, which is the ice bucket challenge, <laughs> dumping the water. And the recruitment. Because usually at the end, the rules were you had to challenge three friends. Right. This mimics what is believed to happen in a, in a demonic possession or a demonic acceptance situation. A possessed person or someone who has accepted Satan into their life, they would be cold to the touch, and this is according to medieval legend, or feel frigidly cold and mock the Trinity in threes, which we see pretty routinely. Something else interesting is one of the founders of the uh, Ice Bucket Challenge, after a fundraising event, either fell or jumped off the roof of the event and died, which a lot of people thought was like, what the fuck? Because he had just raised in one night like $100,000 for the ALS Foundation, and he was really smart, and he just walked off a roof. Like, why would he be that careless? And so some people were saying that was some sort of initiation or some sort of intervention. 
but this kid died and i'm not saying that i'm not trying to be disrespectful but that's 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 with the conspiracy theory that's not what i'm saying that's what they're saying Okay. Supporters of this theory also strongly believe in it because there are a lot of theorists that believe celebrities all belong to the same elite cult, like the Illuminati. Scientology. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and they all participated in this. Some with the interesting, with like interesting verbiage, like Oprah said, in the name of ALS and the and the ice bucket challenge before she dumped the water on herself. And some people were just like, "What? <laughs> Why did you say it like that?" Lady Gaga, dressed in all black and on a black chair, did not say a single word and doused herself with water from a silver bowl typically seen in pagan rituals. So basically, this theory believes that if you took part in the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge, you were conned into taking part in a ritual of purification to make way for a satanic agenda to begin. Never mind the $115 million raised in just one summer. Interesting. Yeah. So they basically wanted to purify America so that the Antichrist could be raised to power and doing so with the ice water. So it was basically an anti-baptism or like a backwards baptism or, or a satanic version of a baptism. So they just got all of these people under the guise of the ALS challenge, all these celebrities to front it, which because of, if you look up celebrity Illuminati theories, Everyone believes that all of these high-profile celebrities are part of the same elite cult, and that's how they rose to fame, because they fucking sold their soul to the devil. So, if that's the theory, then the same theory here is, then they are going to make way for the devil's bidding, which that was getting just these normal-ass citizens to, in the name of charity, cleanse America and make way for the Antichrist in a ritualistic fashion. Creepy. I mean, even if you want to laugh at this one, I feel like that's something that would happen. I mean, absolutely. And that's the thing. Like, if you look this up, people are like, oh, that fucking crazy lady, you know? And so it's kind of laughed at. But in the same sense, like, people on social media will take things and run with them without giving it a second thought. Right. They do it all the time. And I'm not saying this was a bad thing to do, but if you look at this as an example, like, (laughs) people okay this is a weird example but i'm just saying it became a skincare trend to rub your menstrual blood on your face Ew. i'm just saying people will do anything right no you're right benefit you know like and i'm not saying there aren't okay i'm not saying there aren't pros to that because i'm sure some dermatologist is going to be like actually if you get the blood on your face, you're oh my god i'm saying though like they see a celebrity do it and they're like i'm gonna do you know, people do that all right. the time. So why not have an elite group of celebrities that worship the devil create a mass ritual? You know, you know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No, I, like I said, laugh at this one, but I do believe that's a thing. I, there's a lot of celebrities that I'm sure did sell their soul to the fucking devil or something. And they would do something like that. There are cult leaders. A lot of people yeah. think Oprah's a fucking cult leader, man. That's something that, like, when I was looking this up, everyone was like, cultish leader Oprah. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> so it's not a, a standalone theory. Like, yeah, this is one example, but it's definitely not alone, you know? So, right. You know what I'm saying? Creepy. Mm-hmm. All right. And more creepy things the government does. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> Prohibition poisoning. Oh, good. All right. This is another one that is true. So the conspiracy theory was that the U.S. government poisoned alcohol during Prohibition and killed 10,000 people. That's true. They did do that. Mm. 
The U.S. government purposely poisoned alcohol sold for industrial purposes in a practice called denaturing to make it unfit for human consumption. It was also a way for exempting other alcohol producers for things like paint and solvents from having to pay the higher taxes. This was mainly done by adding methyl alcohol to grain alcohol, rendering it poisonous. Hmm. To sell the stolen industrial alcohol, the liquor syndicates employed chemists to renature the products, returning them to a drinkable state. The bootleggers paid their chemists a lot more than the government did, and they excelled at their job. Stolen and redistilled alcohol became the primary source of liquor in the country, so federal officials ordered manufacturers to make their products far more deadly. By mid-1927, the new denaturing formulas included some notable poisons. Kerosene, gasoline, iodine, zinc, mercury salts, nicotine, ether, formaldehyde, chloroform, carbonic acid, and acetone. Jesus, you turn the page and you're like, and acetone. (laughs) That's not even all of them, that's just the ones that I know what they are. Yeah, yeah. The Treasury Department also demanded more methyl alcohol be added, up to 10% of total product. It was the last that proved the most deadly. Mm. Yeah. It was Christmas Eve, 1926, the streets aglitter with snow and lights, when the man afraid of Santa Claus stumbled into the emergency room at New York City's Bellevue Hospital. He was flushed, gasping with fear. Santa Claus, he kept telling the nurses, was just behind him wielding a baseball bat. Before the hospital staff realized how sick he was, the alcohol-induced hallucination was just a symptom. The man died. So did another partygoer. And another. As dust fell on Christmas, the hospital staff tallied up more than 60 people made desperately ill by alcohol, and eight died from it. Within the next two days, another 23 people died in the city from celebrating the season. Frustrated that people continued to consume so much alcohol, even after it was banned, federal officials had decided to try a different kind of enforcement. They ordered the poisoning of industrial alcohols manufactured in the United States, products regularly stolen by bootleggers and resold as drinkable spirits. The idea was to scare people into giving up illicit drinking. Instead, by the time Prohibition ended in 1933, the federal poisoning program, by some estimates, had killed at least 10,000 people. Just smoke weed. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't do that back then either. I know. I know. Wow. Man... Yeah, they just isn't that sad? the population, dude. Yeah. All because, like, yes, alcohol is terrible for a lot of people. It really is. Yeah. But like, at the same time, this is a Christmas party. Also, at least you know what you're putting into your body. Exactly. You drink. Like, I'm not saying it's not terrible and you want to teach people a lesson. Just put a fucking diuretic in it like normal ass people. You know? <laughs> like, like, exactly acetone chloroform no mercury salts what was the Mm-mm. point exactly like, well I know what it was but like what was the end game here <laughs> like they thought people wouldn't drink it anymore but they are not gonna stop drinking it if they don't feel ill until it's too fucking late well, that's the thing like what what did you were you gonna have a doctor be like I don't know man I guess it's the alcohol, or a doctor's gonna be like, alcohol wouldn't do this. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, it's not like you had every right. single doctor in, in New York or the United States on your side. Like, yeah, it was definitely the alcohol. You shouldn't do that anymore. Like, what? Right. Wow. They were gonna think it was something else. Like, because they they yeah. drink alcohol before. They know what alcohol does. They're not just gonna immediately assume, like, all of a sudden alcohol is not, you know? I don't know. Exactly. That's why it's super messed up. You make it illegal and then you also poison it? Oh, that's fucked. Those poor people. They're just trying to drink and have a good time. 
-hmm. like me right now, but you're ruining it. Exactly. Oh, we like could be poisoned. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got cyanide in it or something. You know, wine does have cyanide in it sometimes. Or no, it's arsenic. Gross. Arsenic. Yeah. No, not cyanide. I don't know why I said cyanide. I'm thinking about cyanide, I guess. <laughs> Anyways. So, the Mandela effect happens when we collectively, which is interesting, remember something distinctly as one way, but in reality, it is another way. But we were so sure it was this way, right? It is called the Mandela Effect because in December 2013, Nelson Mandela passed away. But a huge group of people thought he actually passed away in prison in the 80s. So I know that back in 2013, we most of us were on the internet, if not all of us on the internet at that time. So I remember Nelson Mandela passing away and I wasn't one of those people that was like, oh, I thought he already died. But I was like, oh, like... It makes sense to me that people would think he was already dead. You know, like, that wasn't something that I was like, what? Right. Uh, but there was, you know, a huge group of people that thought he passed away in prison in the 80s. This number of people remembered this so vividly and felt so strongly. They went online to discuss this. And then the theory of the Mandela effect was born. Science calls it false memory. But of course, conspiracy theorists believe this has to do with an alternative dimension in which these false realities are indeed reality. They're just realities somewhere else. The woman who coined the term, the Mandela Effect, invokes a quantum mechanics multiverse theory, which goes way over my head. But actually, like I said, it's a parallel universe. There are many widespread cultural instances of this. And so I'm going to quote like a few from our time. The Berenstain versus the Berenstain Bears. That comes up a lot. Luke, I am your father, was never actually said. Shazam with Shaq actually being called Kazam. The movie was not called Shazam. Looney Tunes versus Looney Tunes being T-O-O-N-S versus T-U-N-E-S. A lot of people remember it very vividly being different. And we actually, so this is a personal story. So my very first psychology class was just general psych, like 1201 or 1301 or whatever the school used for their numbers. I don't fucking remember, but it was an 01 doesn't matter and we talked about alternate alternative realities and parallel universes in a textbook it was like chapter five and i was like uh i just got out of high school and you're gonna <laughs> blow my mind like this can you fucking not but my professor thought it was important because he wanted to broaden our minds and like break us out of that like high school sheltered shell and so it was one of the first things we talked about because he wanted to get us talking and it, was, it wasn't necessarily about the Mandela Effect because I went to college and uh, my first semester was in 2011 and the Mandela Effect wasn't coined until 2013, but it was about deja vu. So, okay. in this theory that we talked about, you know how if you get deja vu, you're like, I remember this fucking happening already. I have lived through this. I know what you're about to say. This has already happened before. And it's very vivid. Right. It's not like you've had a dream you have already lived this before that in this psych textbook that i had i'm sorry i don't remember what textbook it was but it doesn't doesn't really matter that is a theory uh of course they had like neuro reasons but the theory that we talked about mm, seizure was yeah but we talked also about uh alternate realities and parallel universes coming too close to each other too close to colliding with each other because that has happened to me actually several times. It probably happens to me a few times a year where I'm like, I've already fucking lived through this. And it only happens for like 30 seconds where I'm looking at the person and I'm like, 
um, I know exactly what you're about to say, and I've already been through this once in my life before. So right. that is kind of weird because, you know, Mandela effects is, is not, you know, cause science says that's just a false memory. Like, but that's just weird that like, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of people of different backgrounds, different places, you know, different ethnicities, different cultures all remember one thing the exact same way. It's not like they have different accounts. They remember the same year, the same story, the same news article, the exact same way as somebody they've never met, you know? And again, that's a, that scientifically, we they call that a false memory. And that could be just because of, you know, the masses, the mass mentality. Somebody starts it and everybody's like, oh yeah, right. too. But you can also subscribe to the alternative reality theory. There are theories in physics, you know, like a multiverse theory that is like, a, I guess a way over my head, but those theories are there. They have yet to be proven, but it would just be interesting because, you know, you can subscribe to all sorts of things like aliens and all these other stuff. But it, there are theories that we live multiple different lives at multiple different times. And sometimes we live a different life on a different plane at the same time, just doing, making different decisions. So, right. interesting. Can we go back to your examples? Can you explain those a little bit more? Like because I'm not looking at it and no one else is. So like Looney Tunes, which one's the correct one that they say? Things like Definitely. that. Definitely. So with Looney Tunes, so like when somebody talks about Looney Tunes, the correct way that Looney Tunes is, is L-O-O-N-E-Y-T-U-N-E-S. But there's a whole massive group of people that grew up on Looney Tunes that are convinced. It was O-O-N-S. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it is. I remember that. That was O N S. Well, it's not. It's T U N E S. But that's what they're saying. Nice. That it's like on an alternative dimension that you have lived. It was T O O N S. And then my, especially like the one that blew my mind was a lot of people was the Berenstain versus Berenstain bears. Like I remember Berenstain bears growing up, and that may be because my mom just said Berenstain because that's more that's easier to say than Baron Stain, like putting that S-T-A-I-N versus S-T-E-I-N. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But when you yeah. look online, you know, you see art depictions of both, you know, and I'm sure somebody just put them both together, but it's just like, why are these memories so incredibly vivid? You know? Yeah. Or the one that I remember hearing was like sex in the city versus sex and the city. Yep. That's another one too. Absolutely. So it's just like, you you will find these things. Like if you look for cultural Mandela effects, you will find pages and pages and pages of them. And some of, I'm sure like some of them will get people more than the other. Like you might be thinking, oh, well, whatever. That's just like, you're remembering it wrong. But I guarantee you, if you go and look and you really dig for some of them, at least one of them will make you go, holy shit, that's different than I thought it was. Right. My only problem with the Berenstain Bears one is that it is a children's book. So, of course, as a child, you're not going to remember it perfectly. Yeah. That's why that one just... Even the Looney Tunes one. Okay, maybe I remembered it wrong. Mm -hmm. But the Sex in the City one, I actually watched someone pull out DVDs, and it was spelt one way, but the world says it's a different way. That one was interesting. Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff like that. Like, where did this come from, and when did these universes collide? Like, again, that's, like, way over my head. But it's just interesting because we know so little 
about the universe as a whole like so little we barely know about our solar system as a whole we have no idea if we're the only life that exists like how would we know about how if there were different universes or not we fucking wouldn't like there's no way so right it's interesting. Now, did you say shack it wasn't shazam no it's not it's not shazam bullshit i swear to god are you serious it's called kazam it is k-a-z-a-a-m it is not shazam shazam's a movie i'm googling shazam <laughs> is a fucking movie it is kazam it is k-a-z-a-a-m but everyone thinks it was shazam i swear to god that's why i put that one on the list because i was like i know that's gonna get some people i mean it's a movie from 2019 but i swear to no no Shaq was in shazam <laughs> Wait, 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 because Scary Movie talks, they parody that, that movie with Shaq, Shazam. Mm -hmm. Yeah, except it's not Shazam, it's Kazam. No. <laughs> <Give me some. laughs> scary Movie, Shazam. Okay, give me the scene. I'm going to listen to Carmen Lecter for a second. That's so funny. I'm upset. I'm so glad I got you with one, man. <laughs> Oh, she said K. No! <laughs> that is bullshit. Okay, okay, fine. Yeah, fine. there's a lot. Like, Just whatever. There were, like, there was a whole thing where I went through, like, a, like, 40. What are some big ones? So, you know, the Sex and the City one came up. Sex and the City. Um, Which one's the, do they think's right? In or and? So, the show was actually titled Sex and the City. Oh. <laughs> you're like no wrong 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 wrong, wrong. <laughs> okay what else you got so let's see some of these are stupid but some of these are let's see so one of the ones that i thought was interesting was the monopoly man and his monocle so he doesn't fucking have one I don't know. Like a lot of people were. He doesn't have no, one. No, he doesn't have one. A lot of people. He fucking has <laughs> one. He doesn't have one, bro. God, God damn one. it! The a lot of people remember the Monopoly Man having a monocle, but he doesn't. Um, and they have explanations for these. Like some people think that maybe they're getting him confused with the Planters Peanut Guy, but like, a Monopoly is a pretty like you know. But he doesn't have a monocle, so that's interesting. I see somebody with Monopoly money. He's got a fucking monocle on. He did. Nope. Like, well, the logo guy on the box, he doesn't have a monocle. One of the aliens forgot to get rid of that one. One of the aliens forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> he forgot somebody's $2 Monopoly bills. What else? So there's a lot of theories about the Mandela effect and Mona Lisa. So. Okay. I thought that would be interesting to you. But... Yeah. So a lot of people, this one's really subtle, and so only art people really get this one. So a lot of people think she used to have a lot more, she, she, does, she doesn't have like a stoic expression, but a lot of people think she used to have a little bit more of a smile. And so the difference is very subtle, but there's a huge online like shitstorm of people talking about, I, I don't mean the movie, but Mona Lisa's smile. Well, there's a, a movie called Mona Lisa Smile. About, yeah, about the shape of her mouth and if she was actually that frowning or not. So there may be two existences of the Mona Lisa. That were... My only problem with that is there's a lot of people. So there's actually two Mona Lisa paintings, one where she is smiling and she's a little bit younger. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what people are remembering. And that's, you know, another thing, too, where people, people just, like, they get really... 
into this Mandela effect thing because people are so like convinced that their memories are real. You know what I mean? Like they get really passionate about this because basically if you say, no, you're fucking wrong, that can go deep, deep, deep down into genuine, like, let's just say childhood memories that somebody has, you know? So Well, it doesn't help that I'm looking at Wikipedia's page and she's got a fucking smirk. Wikipedia, figure your shit out. <laughs> well, and some people are like, you know, she's not, it, it's just, and it's so subtle. Like I said, art people would be like a good, yeah. And, you know, everybody from Forrest Gump says life is like a box of chocolates. And he said, this one's really small. So I don't know, but he said life was like a box of chocolates. And it's kind of like the Luke, I am your father that he doesn't say yeah, that. People forget those things. Okay. Right. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and same thing with like a mirror, mirror on the wall that they don't say that in, she says magic mirror on the wall. It's just some things that gets twisted into culture. And it's like, did we really just twist it that much and collectively as a society decide like, yep, that's what it is now. Or did someone else in some universe change that line and it just cross and bleed over? Right. Uh, like in our realm hello clarice is one of those examples in silence of the lambs that never happens he Mm -hmm. you know he says good morning but like he doesn't he never says hello clarice that's not yeah i have a problem with the movie quote one only because people forget things that are that subtle that just happens Mm mm-hmm in a movie like you watch it a billion times you don't listen to every in and the so who knows but there are other things that are very interesting yep yep there was one this one doesn't really mean much to me but i saw so many people online being like what the fuck about sinbad never playing a genie like the actor sinbad never playing a genie in a movie called shazam so in kazam so there's a lot of shit with the movie kazam like that movie's all fucked up in this mandela effect so just throwing that out there no i agree he definitely played a genie Uh, nope what (laughs) (laughs) yeah so this one so it says this one is perhaps the most bizarre of all several people can attest that they distinctly remember seeing the comedian in a movie called shazam many argue they're confusing this memory with the movie kazam starring shaquille o'neal as a genie but sinbad was never actually a genie so you know yeah uh another one that i mean somebody put a poster and a movie online yeah people are fun and also another thing you have to be careful with the mandela effect too once the the bad people of the internet figure this out they start to create these things yeah you know exactly powerful tool someone this one's a, a big one too the tank man so you know the man that stood in front of a tank to stop the tanks from rolling yes and perhaps the most memorable- no he's he's real no right right but but he's not but, no he is okay so there's debate on whether he was run over and killed or if he moved away from the scene that's what the debate is not that he's not real but what happened to him in that scene Oh, okay. is, is debated uh, widely whether he was run over or if he was if he moved that's a okay. huge, huge one so yeah because there's video and they there are videos of him moving and there's videos of him being run over and now here's where the shitty part comes in 
who is the bad person on the internet making up the doctored one. Like, people are resting their whole memories on these things and people are bad, you know? Right, exactly. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Billy Graham's death. Like Mandela, many that? can't place when Billy Graham's funeral aired on TV. That's probably because it didn't. <laughs> he died in February 2018, but they thought it was way before that. There's one about Mother Teresa. 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 People have strong opinions about when Mother Teresa was canonized. Is that how you say that? Yeah. As a saint. The real event happened in 2016, but many remember her, her entering sainthood in the 1990s when she was still alive. So... Yeah, no, that's not a real thing. Uh, Saints aren't aren't usually canonized before they die. Yeah. So I can tell you that one's not real. Patrick Swayze's health is in the, talked about in the Mandela Effect conspiracy. What about it? Uh, it says, though the actor sadly died after being diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, people have said they remember him recovering at some point in his life. So, I don't know. That's just one of those things, like people like there's a huge online community of people saying no i fucking remember that and they're like i remember this article or this news story or this newspaper clipping and but what's scary is not all the time and i'm not saying all of these have validity i'm not but sometimes you can find things where people are like uh here's the newspaper article and you're like whoa <laughs> you know right so, yeah, I mean, I'm saying that maybe happens in like one of every, like, let's say 30 cases or 40 cases or 50 cases, you know, it's probably pretty rare. But if this does have any validity, it wouldn't surprise me because we know so little. Right. I'm not like, I know that I said like ignorance is bliss in the beginning, but that's mostly with like government stuff that's going on like right now. That's not with like universe things and aliens. Like, I'm not that like, I don't, I don't sit here and think that. I'm small-minded enough to think that we know everything, you know, so. Right. I don't know. Just interesting stuff, man. Like, the Mandela effect is one of those things where you're like, oh, yeah, it's like people think they remember stuff and they don't. But then when you, like, look into it, you're like, hmm, some of these things are interesting. So I, you know, look it up on your own and make your own opinion. Of course, we always encourage you, of course, thinking for yourself and coming up with your own thoughts. But just an right. interesting thing. Now to move on to someone who is definitely dead and deserves it. <laughs> I've almost drank a whole bottle of wine by myself. I don't know how you're doing over there because we're good job. I'm proud of you. It's gonna be bad by the time I get to the end. Okay. All right. Death of Jeffrey Epstein. Ooh. Yep. Soon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Obviously, this is a recent one. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all should know about. The memes are fresh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. On August 10th, 2019, American financier and convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein was found unresponsive in his Metropolitan Correctional Center jail cell, where he was awaiting trial on new sex trafficking charges. After prison guards performed CPR, he was transported in cardiac arrest to New York Downtown Hospital, where he was pronounced dead at 6.39 a.m. The New York City medical examiner ruled Epstein's death a suicide by hanging. However, Epstein's lawyers challenged that conclusion and opened their own investigation. Michael Baden, who was hired by Epstein's brother to oversee the autopsy, has since become the most vocal proponent of the theory of homicidal strangulation rather than suicidal hanging. After initially expressing suspicion, Attorney General William Barr described Epstein's death as a perfect storm of screw-ups. Both the FBI and the U.S. Department of Justice's Inspector General are conducting investigations into the circumstances of his death. The guards on duty were later charged with conspiracy and record falsification. 
As a result of his death, all charges against Epstein were dismissed, and ongoing sex trafficking investigations shifted attention towards his alleged associates. Due to violations of normal jail procedures on the night of Epstein's death, the malfunction of two cameras in front of his cell, and his claimed knowledge of compromising information about powerful figures, his death generated speculation and conspiracy theories about the possibility that he was murdered. On July 23rd, Epstein was found semi-conscious in his cell with injuries to his neck. He told his lawyers that he had been assaulted by his cellmate. His cellmate, multiple murderer and drug conspiracy suspect, Nicholas Tartiglion, I don't know, was questioned by prison officials but denied harming Epstein. He claimed that he was actually trying to save Epstein. An internal prison investigation cleared him in connection with the event. After Epstein's death, he was reportedly threatened by jail guards and told to stop talking after describing Epstein's death and conditions in the jail to the media. An unnamed source suggests that Epstein staged the incident in order to be transferred. Spencer Cuban, a lawyer who represented three alleged victims of Epstein, stated in a July 2019 interview following Epstein's first apparent suicide attempt that he believed it was an attack on his life and stated there was a high probability he would be murdered in prison. On the morning of August 10th, Epstein was found unresponsive in cardiac arrest in his cell, which was initially reported as apparent suicide. He was found in a kneeling position with a strip of bed sheet wrapped around his neck. The sheet was tied to the top of his bunk. Michael Baden and 60 Minutes have questioned if Epstein, who was almost six feet tall and weighed 185 pounds, could have physically been able to hang himself from the lower bunk. Just really dark for a second, I actually had a family member who was 12 who hung himself on a door handle Jesus. he at 12 years old had to pick up his legs to allow that to happen i don't understand how a six foot 185 pound man could do that but okay mm, yeah you're not alone <laughs> yeah okay photos taken after the death also show bottles and medicine standing upright on the top bunk which there's another question if you're going to kill yourself take all the medicine a former inmate at the MCC described the sheets as paper level, not strong enough to support Epstein's body. Baden questioned why Epstein didn't use other materials available in his cell as a ligature, such as wires and tubing from a sleep apnea machine, which were stronger and longer. A poll conducted shortly after his death in August 2019 found that only 29% of U.S. adults believed Epstein actually committed suicide, while 42% thought he was murdered to prevent him from testifying against powerful people with whom he associated, and 29% of people were undecided. And here's a list of the big people that he's actually connected with. He is connected with L Brand CEO Les Wexner, which that's Victoria's Secret and Bath and Body Works. <gasps> Not he is my connected. <laughs> no. That is the only one that's the only one that they flat out know that he was negatively connected to Epstein, mm -hmm. by the way. He was connected with Presidents Donald Trump and Bill Clinton, actors Kevin Spacey and Chris Tucker, Prince Andrew, and former Secretary of Labor Alexander Acosta and Alan Dershowitz, whose clientele also includes O.J. Simpson and Mike Tyson, the Saudi Prince Mohammed bin Salam, Elon Musk, and Bill Gates. Yikes. Yeah. Well he was gonna come out and say they all were fucking pedophiles exactly exactly he was gonna expose a ring okay i'm not trying to get arrested 
but we're not the only ones talking about this. There have got to be whole right, podcasts exactly. on this by now. Like, fuck, have you seen the memes? Have you seen the memes? Like, I'm just saying, like, every time you get on fucking Facebook, like, they're dying down a little bit right now because, you know, coronavirus. But, right. which a lot of people believe is a conspiracy theory all on its own. And it was released as a distraction. So, like, not right. that coronavirus is a conspiracy because it's a real virus but some people believe it's not but i don't like it's controlled by someone else well that it was intentionally like set forth you know to distract which yeah i don't know man like that's the thing where i'm like i don't fucking want to know like i i don't think that pedophiles should be protected absolutely not but like (sighs) he had done 20 international flights in 18 months we know he's connected with three heads of countries that's ridiculous well and of course they killed him. there's if you look up especially like and i have i see i'm one of those like if i don't want to know i will like read headlines and like not it. but <laughs> the andrew prince andrew yeah there's a lot of shit going on like when harry left the family for example you know or or basically said like no nah, i'm good you know Okay, this is just going to be real, like, my personal opinion on this for a second. I mean, wouldn't you? You have yes. a brand new baby boy who's around a potential pedophile. I'd be out. Bye. Yes. Well, yeah. And then a lot of shit came out about, like, Diana's death has been a conspiracy for 20-something years. Right. Yeah, no. Right. Like, I don't... <sighs> he knew he was going to die. He flat out told people that he would be murdered in prison. Of course he's going to be murdered in prison. Well, yeah, nobody wants this coming out. The most powerful people, like yeah. Bill Clinton, Donald Trump, take them both down. Like, ew. Yeah, and the former Secretary of Labor, Alexander Acosta, he in twenty in two thousand seven hired Alan Dershowitz to get him off of this sex trafficking prostitution ring. <sighs> yeah. So there's like a like a certain people that I think should be strung up by their balls and tortured for at least a week before we kill them but that we should kill them traffickers right. and pedophiles are right equivalent you know like we should be able to as a society be able to do to them what they have done to others and like i'm drunk <laughs> but like, it, it's <laughs> Agreed. I can't read. I had to write a paper about sex trafficking one time. And let me tell you, that was the hardest fucking... I literally emailed my professor and I was like, could you not do this? Because, like, I... No, it's important. I understand. But, like, I was like, can you... Like, because she was like, it was a weekend paper. A weekend. I was in an online class. And she was like, hey, so it's Thursday and this is due on Tuesday. I was like, this is not something I can just ruminate with over the weekend. Like, right. it needs because she had us watch a documentary about sex trafficking, and I was like, I will do this, but I need time, at least a day to cry because it right. is horrifying. And I just like that's one of those things where I have all of the I don't know if it's sympathy or empathy. I'm not getting my words correct right now in the world, but like, I just, it, it's so, it's one of those reasons where like, I really struggle with bringing kids into the world, you know? Uh-huh. Scary. And where like, Brad and I were laying in bed the other day and like, you know, we've been in quarantine for a while and it's one of those things where like, we're kind of glad we, and this is not, not to be offensive to people that have kids, 
during quarantine at all. But we're kind of glad we don't have kids during this because it's enough. We it's enough to focus on like our own mental health and just trying to get through this, you know, without having right keep children also entertained and you know stimulated at the same time. But you know, I looked at Brad and for the very first time I was like, "How are you feeling on kids?" And he was like, "Uh, not interested." And I was like, "Okay, cool," because. The, our entire relationship he's been like no i want to be a dad and i've been like uh meh i don't know and this was the first time he was like nah so <laughs> and that's one of those things where like yeah it was because like we're in quarantine and i'm sure he'll change his mind you know but right. like this is one of those things that makes me like when these really powerful people will just get to continue to cover it up and do what they continue to do like it's just like this could have been the guy i'm not saying he was innocent but this could have been the guy that took down a whole ring of them but unfortunately he th- those people are never going to get the opportunity to do that because they're just going to get killed right just a side note yeah. on this just for people that are listening because i know you know about this you guys please look into nambla it yeah. is terrifying and it has a whole network of there's a newsletter for guys that are pedophiles it's the um man boy love association and there's a whole network of men who are pedophiles that can get in this newsletter and there are things like looking for soccer coach looking for boy scout leader so that these pedophiles can track down these kids that's disgusting and that's what this is i mean south park did an episode on this in what like 2000 fucking like the early 2000s and it's still like going strong you know they're they're still doing shit I don't know. That's- yep, I, re- I remember reading a book. It's It was actually a Lifetime show also called My Name... I Know My Name is Steven. And it was about a little boy who was kidnapped by a pedophile. And, you know, he yeah. eventually made it back out, but he was ruined and ended up dying. But the author, his name was Steven Stainer, and the author interviewed him... And then he did more research, and he looked into NAMBLA. And he actually became a part of the organization so that he could get into it. Like, infiltrate. Because it is, yes, because it is so guarded. And that's how I found out all that information. And that's terrifying. And that's just one of those things, like, if you are consciously bringing children into the world, which I don't I don't disagree with, like, you know, have kids. Absolutely. You deserve that. Just don't think because you're in a gated or a safe community that you cannot be targeted or your children cannot be targeted because they absolutely can be and they absolutely will be and I know that's really dark but just well didn't you tell me a story about a Texas mall that some girl got taken out of the the fitting room uh yes yeah and and, um, that happens all the time like that was in yeah uh, that was in Denton, uh, which is a University of North Texas area. Like, it's not like it's, you know, some unknown area that it's just like it happens a lot. And we live in a, such a municipality, like with a bunch of families and military families moving here from all over the country. And, and not even saying that's just where that happens. I'm just saying, like, it's prevalent and you just need to be very careful. Like, you see these stories on social media all the time of, just people in grocery stores and moms putting their kids into car seats and not, you know, they have their attention diverted here, but then it's just scary. Yeah. Like, it, I don't know, like, and then you've got these wealthy elites 
that don't need to do that heavy lifting and then just get these kids delivered or whoever on these women or kids delivered on a fucking silver platter and that's really dark. yeah and that's why i'm gonna trick why people <laughs> like epstein you can't tell me that he's the only one uh no absolutely not yeah. he's just a drop in the fucking bucket i guarantee you there's a yeah. whole elite ring just like the fucking we were talking about earlier the illuminati the new world order you know right exactly they are above it all mm -hmm. or they feel they're above it all and they seem to get away with it with enough money well i was about to say one of them gets caught and is gonna talk and they just kill him off it's not a big deal they just get somebody in prison do their dirty work and they pay off his family or whoever millions of dollars exactly oh that makes me mad <laughs> i'm sorry bring I'm them sorry. up by their testicles and pull some hostile shit, man. Yeah. I agree. Shut like you were talking about. Under their fingernails, little by little, <laughs> until they scream for mercy and then don't give it to them. Yeah. Well, like you were talking about, the, whenever I see moms, grandparents, dads in grocery stores and they walk away and leave their child in the cart, there's, I don't want to deal with the confrontation, but there are so many times I want to take that cart and just move it to the end of the aisle. What would you do? fucking pay attention yeah well and it's so easy as a parent i think to be tired and absent-minded and just go through the motions but that's what they and i'm not preaching like i don't have a child i don't live the life of a parent i don't live that tired you know like right i'm just saying as someone that doesn't have a kid it's easier to see sometimes i think you know like right if i what you know god forbid but like if somebody wanted to take that that's what they do when they're right you know as somebody that watches way too much true crime that's what they do. <laughs> exactly like you, you pick them up and you walk away like you were totally supposed to be doing that anyway exactly so you walk out the front door like it doesn't have to be the world's elite but they're in on it too some sleaze ball at the bottom of the totem pole takes your kid and they end up in fucking bill clinton's bedroom you know like yeah, well, there is a story of a 15-year-old that Epstein's girlfriend actually brought to him, and she said, you're going to have sex with him. And the poor girl cried and cried and cried and wanted to leave, and they fucking took her passport. Mm. She couldn't leave. Mm. So then they just dropped her off at an airport. I guess she's lucky they dropped her off eventually. Um, I guess. You know, lucky being relative, but compared yeah, to exactly. dying and being addicted to drugs until your imminent death after being sexually abused for five ten years yeah i mean relative you know <laughs> yeah well that was dark <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry no, but, like, i told you talk about epstein like it just comes with the territory you know like yeah that's that's why people are saying like epstein didn't kill himself it's not because they give a shit about epstein and whether he yeah. killed himself it was because there's a bigger picture here yeah there's people higher up on the totem pole exactly nobody gives a fuck if a pedophile died it's the fact that other pedophiles kill them to cover up their own pedophilia or human trafficking exactly okay <laughs> well my next one is also see i'm the humorous conspiracy theorist over here <laughs> lewis carroll was jack the ripper <laughs> oh my goodness do you know who lewis carroll is off the top of your head yes okay alice in wonderland yes 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 okay he was also a pedophile. Well, I did not get that in this, but <laughs> <laughs> quick background, but I'm sure most of you know, Jack the Ripper was a serial killer in London in 1888 and was never identified. So there are a long list of suspects. So if you look into Jack the Ripper, 
there are historians that think they, you know, oh, I know who Jack the Ripper is, or Jack the Ripper was this guy, or this guy, or this guy. So there's like, oh, I will believe it's H.H. H. Holmes for the rest of my life. You know. Jack the Ripper was H.H. H. Holmes. You have a solid backing on that, because there are a lot of people that agree with you. <laughs> yes. But for this conspiracy theory, we are going to go with this dude named Wallace, who was a Lewis scholar, part-time at least, was okay. a social worker full-time. <laughs> so take that as oh, okay. you will. <laughs> <laughs> and he believed that Lewis Carroll was Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper murdered and mutilated at least five women, probably more. That's just all we have historically to go off. Which is why I don't think it's Lewis Carroll, because Lewis Carroll was a pedophile. He would literally sit with his niece on his lap writing and touch her. And she was ten? She was Alice. Yes, she was Alice. He would also sit with little boys, too. Well, I have some back actually on that. Which is okay. not that specifically, but kind of a psychotic break. So <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm ready. So I just poured the rest of this bottle of wine into a glass and I'm by myself. That's <gasps> super lame. <laughs> Good job. So there have been many historical works that cite suspects, but one of these suspects was Charles Dog. Oh God, I can never say his fucking last name. Lewis Carroll was a pen name. I'm just going to call him Lewis Carroll. It's like Do- Dogsoon. I-, I-, I don't know how to say it. I'm sorry. It's why he changed his name. Right. Okay. Famously known as his pen name is Lewis Carroll, famous for Alice in Wonderland, Through the Looking Glass, all of those series of books. Yeah, that Disney turned into something it wasn't. <laughs> right. A Lewis Carroll part-time scholar named Wallace is responsible for this conspiracy theory. He believes Carroll suffered a psychotic break at a young age due to abuse at the boarding school that followed him for his entire life. So there's your psychotic break, Kristen. To be a pedophile. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, I'm joking with you. No, it's okay. He believes he was also able to discover Carol being Jack the Ripper through anagrams in his own literary works. Lewis Carroll was and is known for enjoying wordplay and anagrams, but some of the things this scholar claims to have uncovered are interesting, to say the least, if they are or would be true. He also believes that Carol had a partner, so Jack the Ripper had an accomplice which would be interesting okay. because I don't think anybody else believes that. A friend named Thomas Bain. In 1888, Carol published a version of Alice in Wonderland for younger children called Nursery Alice. And this is... Ew. Mm-hmm. And this is where all of the anagrams came from. So in Alice and... And all of the Alice works, he did not find any anagrams that would tie him to Jack the Ripper. But... He did find them in Nursery Alice, which, if you are subscribing to the pedophile theory, then it might not be that far-fetched. You know, I'm just saying. Especially if he hated women and children. (laughs) Um, Because he apparently did not like his mother that much, but that's just something I read while I was going through things and I didn't actually write down. So, just throwing that out there. And this scholar claims he uncovered the anagram. If I find one street whore, you know what will happen. Twill be off with her head. And that was not the only passage he believes he found in Nursery Alice. The One of the others, so I got a couple, but there was one that was much nastier and has to do with tasting a uterus that I did not include. Gross. Word for word. There was, yeah. I figured by this point I would have been drinking and not have wanted to talk about that. Like, <laughs> word for word. But just to give you an idea, it was really disgusting so 
Wallace also attested that Carol's mother had a large protruding nose that he had mentioned on occasion, and several of the victims had mutilated noses, something he found to be obviously symbolic, especially because Lewis Carroll had a lot of up to 50 anatomy and medical books in his library. Lewis Carroll did live within the range of all the murders, but the handwriting on the Jack the Ripper letters did not match his, and Wallace believes it is because his friend was his accomplice and wrote them in his place. To leave this theory off, like it's not a very long theory, but with an anagram, Wallace claims to have uncovered from Nursery Alice. So this is the original. So she wandered away through the wood, carrying the ugly little thing with her. And a great job it was to keep hold of it. It reeled about so. But at last she found out that the proper way was to keep tight hold of itself, foot, and its right ear. And he turned it into... She wriggled about so, but at last, Dogson and Bane found a way to keep hold of the fat little whore. I got a tight hold of her and slit her throat, left ear to right. It was tough, wet, disgusting too, so weary of it, they threw up. Jack the Ripper. Tada. Interesting. Yeah. So, he basically spent his entire life when he wasn't social working, which is an interesting theory, to try to prove Jack the Ripper was Lewis Carroll when you were not social working to go through all of lewis carroll's works and find these anagrams and he found several that he believed pointed to these confessions and then he would take these confessions and what he would do is he would pick apart lewis carroll's personal life and he would tie them to these events in lewis carroll's life and find these personality traits and flaws and this psychotic break as he called it there was one where he talked about lewis carroll had talked about this game that he played at this boarding school that is believed to have been sexual in nature, especially since it was a boarding school and they were all like teetering on the prepubescent, pubescent age. Mm-hmm. And he found that it said something about this game. And so he, you know, highly believed he was being abused and he found this anagram about this game. And so he believed he found Lewis Carroll's language basically and so he would read and read and read and read these works and he would try to turn them into anagrams and many of them would come into nothing but then he would find things like this and he believed that lewis carroll with his accomplice who was a lifelong friend of his was 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 jack the ripper through alice in wonderland so that is a theory that is out there okay my number one question yeah yeah the Jack the Ripper killings were done by someone with surgical skill. Yeah. They know that. Yeah. Did he or his buddy? So basically what this guy believes is that him and it, there's not, I didn't find much about his friend. So I don't know what skills his friend possessed, but it did talk about how in his library, he had 50 to 60 medical and anatomy books that he would spend a lot of time learning from so this guy believes that in his spare time he basically spent most of his time with anatomy so learning these things so that he could do these things stemming from this psychotic break as a 12 year old and hating his mother which is a Freudian thing I guess so why did he stop this guy so this came out in 1996 this guy came out and he was basically i'm not trying to like undermine my own research here but he was basically laughed at but okay there's a huge community there there is a community that 
subscribes to this theory because they there are a few people that believe that this Bane character was the one that did most of the actual cutting work. So maybe he was a doctor. I don't know. Alice in Wonderland was Jack the Ripper though. Apparently. Okay. One more thing. That's why I got the funny one stuff. more thing. That's why I got the funny stuff. <laughs> okay. So if his friend's the one that did the cutting, then why does it matter if Lewis Carroll was the one who had the fucking break? Well, they think that he did it with the guy. They, so, okay, I misspoke, I guess. Lewis Carroll is Jack the Ripper. His friend was just kind of like the teacher. The tool? Yeah, basically. Mm -hmm. Lewis Carroll was the one that was like, let's go fucking kill people because I have issues. Got it. Yeah, and his friend was like, you're the smart one, I guess. I don't know. You're the I'll follow you. I got the knife. Yeah. I'm coming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially because, like, in that anagram, he said, and we threw up at the end. Y'all are pussies. Like, you know, like, come on. But I don't necessarily, I'm not saying that I wrote that down because I subscribed to that theory. That was actually one that was left on my Instagram. And I was like, interesting. And I looked it up. And sure enough, there's, a, like, several articles out there about Lewis Carroll being Jack the Ripper. So... I was like, oh, I mean, he was a weird fucking dude. And I went, it's true. as I was going through this, I went into all of these, like, Jack the Ripper conspiracies. And there's a Jill the Ripper conspiracy, which is kind of cool. They think it's a woman. Interesting. So what do you think? You looked into some? I have no idea because Jack the Ripper has never been one of those serial killers I've been really into. Because I was like, that happened in the 1800s. There's no way we're ever going to know. Like, I'm... <laughs> But this one, the Jilder, if we're just going to talk about it, then we'll talk yeah. about it. So this says maybe Jack wasn't Jack at all, but in fact a woman, which was a theory that posed by famed inspector Aberlein himself at the time of the killings. So this was like during all this, while this was going on. Of course it's a woman. A man pointing to a woman. Ooh, sorry, yeah. sorry, but for her to get credit for being able to overpower people and kill them is kind of impressive. So, he based the brunt of the argument on the fact that it was possible that the killer dressed up in Kelly's clothes in order to disguise herself, therefore accounting- I don't know who these people are. Hold on. <laughs> she was one of the ones that died. You're good. Yeah, okay. Great, great. The killer dressed herself in Kelly's clothes in order to disguise herself, therefore accounting for Mrs. Maxwell's sighting of her the next day. Dutton answered that he believed it was doubtful, but that if it were a woman committing to the crimes, the only kind capable of doing so would be a midwife. So they thought it was a midwife. Because it was surgical scale. Mm -hmm. Interesting. As ludicrous as this theory may initially sound, there are a few points which make it reasonably credible. The fact that all of London was looking for a man would have allowed a female to have gone relatively uncaught for as long as the killer did. A midwife would have also been seen at all hours of the night, as well as blood on her clothing, which would have been discarded due to the nature of her work. A midwife could have also had the anatomical knowledge needed for the Ripper candidate. Interesting. Yeah. Because, you know, no other women possibly have the same clothing. No. They all have the same government issues. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. My last one. Oh, your last one? Wow. My last one, if you're ready. I'm ready. You go for it. It's sad. Um, Not spooky. It's sad. Alright. Last one. Also sad. Disappearance of Madeline McCann. Yeah. Madeline Beth McCann disappeared on the evening of May 3rd, 2007 from her bed in a holiday apartment at a resort in Praia de Lutz, 
in Portugal. Her whereabouts remain unknown. Madeline was on holiday from the UK with her parents, Kate and Jerry McCann, her two-year-old twin siblings, and a group of family friends and their children. She and the twins had been left asleep at 8.30 in the ground floor apartment, while the McCanns and friends dined in a restaurant 180 feet away. The parents checked on the children throughout the evening until Madeline's mother discovered she was missing at 10 o'clock. Over the following weeks, particularly after misinterpreting a British DNA analysis, the Portuguese police came to believe that Madeline had died in an accident in the apartment and that her parents had covered it up. The families would take turns every half hour checking on the children sleeping in the hotel room while they dined. They had done this throughout their trip. Jane Tanner, one of the friends, spotted a man carrying a child in similar pajamas to Madeline's at 9.15. She had left to check on her own children and even passed Madeline's father at 9.05 in the process as he was coming back from checking on his children. The man ended up being a fellow vacationer who was picking up his daughter from the Ocean Club. So, there's our first false one. It wasn't him. Yeah. Madeline's mother had intended to check on the children at 9.30, but Matthew Oldfield, one of the top of seven, which is one of the friends, that's what they call them, offered to do it when he checked on his own children in the apartment next to next door to 5A. He noticed that the McCann's children's bedroom door was wide open, but after hearing no noise, he left 5A without looking far enough into the bedroom to see whether Madeline was there. He could not recall whether the bedroom window and its exterior shutter were open at this point. Kate made her own check of 5A at around 10 o'clock. Scotland Yard said in 2013 that Madeline was probably taken moments before this. Kate recalled entering the apartment through the unlocked patio doors at the back and noticing that the children's bedroom door was wide open. When she tried to close the door, it slammed shut as though there was a draft, which is when she saw the bedroom window and its shutter were open. Madeline's cuddle cat and pink blanket were still on the bed, but Madeline was gone. After briefly searching the apartment, Kate ran back towards the restaurant screaming, Madeline's gone! Someone's taken her! Keela and Eddie were sniffer dogs. Keela was trained to find blood, and Eddie was trained to find human cadavers, even if they were buried, incinerated, or in water. The dogs arrived at Praia de Lutz on July 31st, 2007, and were taken to apartment 5A, nearby wasteland and the beach. Both dogs alerted behind the sofa in the living room of 5A, and Eddie gave an alert near the wardrobe in the main bedroom. There were no alerts on the beach or wasteland. The police removed the silver Renault Scenic that the McCanns had hired three weeks after the disappearance. And on August 6, Keela and Eddie were taken to an underground car park where 10 cars were parked, 20 feet apart. Eddie, the cadaver dog, gave an alert outside the McCann's car by the driver's door. The next morning, Keela alerted to the, to the rear driver's side inside the trunk and the map compartment in the driver's door, which contained the ignition key and key ring. When the key ring was hidden underneath sand in a fire bucket, she alerted again, as she did when the bucket was moved to a different floor of the car park. So, just to bring it all back, because that's a lot of information, there were a group of seven adults that brought them and their kids on this family vacation. Madeline McCann disappeared. They have found, the dogs have found blood and cadaver smells at the apartment that Madeline was in when she disappeared, and the family car that they rented three weeks after she disappeared. Mm. So, do with that what you will. Personally, I think the parents accidentally killed her. They, I know at least the mom was a doctor, and she could easily have given the kids a sedative so that they could have more time with their friends out at dinner. Yeah. Man, 
parents and kid deaths are really getting to me lately. And I think it's because we've got this case going on, like it's an ongoing case in Colorado about this Gannon kid. Yeah. And so that one, like, I mean, like, how, <laughs> okay, how hard is it to not kill your kid? <laughs> well, how hard is it? Like, why are you at dinner 180 feet away from your sleeping children? Madeline was three, and she was with her infant twin siblings. That means they're, what, one? Why the fuck would you be away from your one-year-olds? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and what... Okay, this is, like, super personal, and I'm sorry I'm gonna go there, I guess. Like, I don't want kids at this point in my life, and I don't know if that'll change. That's something that's kind of ebbs and flows in my life and I've kind of accepted that at that point but you know what's fucked up is that something I have come to and I'm sorry I'm getting heated whew, is that I have decided that if I do want kids I'm like 85% sure I want to adopt a baby or like at least a small mm -hmm. child and that these motherfuckers can just go around having kids do you know what I mean and like if I want to adopt a kid I have to go through like scrutinizing processes of everything I've ever done to anybody in my entire fucking life do you know what I mean you know, and that infuriates me because, like, if Brad and I want to adopt, there's, you know, I have gone to therapy off and on my entire life, and, you know, that could count against me even though I'm trying to go to therapy to fix myself. And, like, everybody needs to do that to an extent. And I'm not saying I'm, like, incredibly damaged. I just have some issues with grief and death and loss and, like, you know, issues that normal people have when they go through a major loss in their life, like losing a parent at a young age. You know what I'm saying? But like the fact that I've gone to therapy could count against me, which is fucked up because I think it's not yeah. for me, but these motherfuckers can just go around having kids, getting kids, doing whatever the fuck they want, and then killing them. Like I'm Well, you're kids. gonna be super upset oh. because she actually went through a five year battle of IVF before she even got pregnant with Madeline. So she struggled oh, to have this little girl and then didn't even appreciate like obviously like that's how i feel right yeah like that is so infuriating yeah. to me like yeah like as it should be like and not even to women that are infertile like you could have like eight kids and feel horrified it's still it. shitty but but yeah you struggled so hard for her and then you had twins after that like that's a blessing right why would you just leave them alone in an apartment all by themselves in a foreign country God, and this is, these are some of the same people that be, should be strung up by their genitals, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's not like you're in your backyard patio and they're asleep inside the house. Right. You're 180 feet away, and that is past, they're, they're in, like, a dining area, so that's multiple tables, probably fenced off. There's probably a pool that you have to walk past, right, because we're assuming, like, a club area, and then you have to walk up into the apartment. That is so... 180 feet what as the crow flies Wait, that's so long to get there it's about as tall as the leaning tower of pisa i looked it up i was like what is 180 feet like to i, I looked up on the measure of things and if you look up 180 feet it is the leaning tower of pisa like as that that as long as it is tall yeah and cinderella's castle so oh, that you're away from your three-year-old and two one-year-olds mm, yeah uh-uh. Like, one years old, they still need to be taken care of a lot. Well, yeah, they can't. It's not like they can be like, hey, I'm hungry. I'm going to go to the kitchen and make some food. Or yeah. I'm going to go to the bathroom. Or, I like, 
Madeline had even made a comment because she was one of two girls and then the other twin was a boy and she made a comment of why didn't you hear brother and I crying last night on one of the other nights oh that my she... god fucking kill yeah. these people man yeah that one I heard actually on a fellow podcast and it has just stuck with me it just eats at me that poor little girl well that is awful and it's not what we're ending on <laughs> Like, <laughs> thank god but like and i'm i'm on the soapbox now but like like i said like and this has come up not just with like people that kill their kids but like i can't have a kid because like like or no, they won't give me a kid because like i go to therapy you know like are you fucking kidding and i'm not saying that disqualifies me from every agency i'm just saying like i'm not gonna kill a child out of nowhere right. or like being 180 feet away from them. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, right. just makes yeah. me so angry. It's insane. A one-year-old, they could literally do anything. What if in the middle of the night they get up and walk over to the bathtub and turn it on and get in? <sighs> anything could or have happened, and it did. Wall sockets, like electricity, exactly. it just comes out of the fucking exactly. walls. Like it's not something we think of as adults, because like. What if they just opened the window and fell out? Yeah. Ooh, I'm mad. I'm also... I just finished a whole bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Yay, me. That's great. I'm by myself. I wish I was a whole bottle of wine. Okay. Well, if we're done being mad about that... Yeah. You got a funnier one again? Well, no. But... Oh, okay. Well, okay, so the first one, yes, and the last one, no. The last two are celebrity stories. So I was going to do celebrity Illuminati stories, but then when I was thinking about celebrity stories, I was like, well, there are two stories that I have personally gotten into that are about death. So I'm going to do those two instead of Illuminati stories because... Yeah, like I said, I figure we'll do these conspiracy theories kind of moving forward. Oh, there's so many. Yeah, exactly. We'll kind of make this, like, kind of like we want to do, like, Haunted Hotels Part 1, like we did the Stanley. Like, we would eventually, yeah. whenever the country decides to get off its fucking shit, uh, go to <laughs> another haunted hotel, and whenever we make money again, that'd be fucking cool. <laughs> you know, to do that. But these two are things that I ha actually have personal interest in. And the first one, and I think Kristen, you will also have interest in, and I have no idea if you've ever heard of this before, but I know some of our listeners will have heard of this. Avril Lavigne actually died in 2003 and was replaced by a body double. Oh, oh she did. She did. Yeah. This is, I have not heard this. This is actually a very popular conspiracy theory. Okay. So <clears throat> I, as a budding emo elementary school kid listening to Complicated, I feel like I needed to do this one because I've seen this buzzing around the internet for a little while. So I put this on the list. Now, everyone has come out and said this is fucking stupid, but that's what a body double would want you to think. Oh my god. So, there is a theory that the real Avril died in 2003 by suicide and was replaced by some poser named Melissa. <laughs> Melissa? Yeah. Apparently, okay. Avril had been struggling, and this is true with some with fame since the very beginning of her career and would sometimes use this melissa girl as a body double when she was overwhelmed or just couldn't deal with being a public figure which i know oh, she really did have a body double apparently okay. now the struggling with fame thing is real 
And I could definitely see that because she shot to fame at 18 years old. Now, when I was 18, granted, I had just lost my dad. I was a little off my rocker as it was. But even if I wasn't, like, that's a really, I know that 18 is like, oh, you're an adult now, but are you really? Like, you're still really young. You're figuring yeah. stuff out, you know. So you're, that's a really tough age to be just shot into fame by one single, you know, like your whole life changes. Yeah. So that's believable. But the theory was the real Avril died. And that theory began, as I read as early as 2004, 2005, when Avril's style began changing and fans started noticing some major differences. There was even some pretty compelling... Because you don't ever change after 18. Right. But okay. now, when you have based your whole, your entire look and get up an album and persona around punk and anti-establishment and then all of a sudden you start to dress preppy which is the exact thing you said you were against your fans notice that you know what i mean like and that's what people really were like mm, what because they were they were saying like this body double melissa liked wearing things like skirts and stuff more than Avril did. And so that just became the new norm. So I'm just saying, like, if you look this up, this is like a real thing. Like people like really subscribe to this. Like, especially if you get on Twitter, people are like, oh yeah, Avril's dead. Like she's fucking dead. Like this is Michelle. Or I mean, Melissa. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. She's fucking she's dead. Fucking dead. Like, this is yeah. my... <laughs> but there was some compelling evidence of analysis of her nose and skin and voice and movements in videos. And there is a photo floating around before Avril died of Avril with the name Melissa written on her hand before her death. So that's basically saying they were trying to identify between the two and that even the record label and stuff couldn't. So they believe her death was a suicide given her shot up to fame and then her parents divorce. She couldn't take it anymore, which wouldn't. You know, given her dark lyrics and things like her song Happy Ending and stuff like that, if you look into her lyrics, for her fan base, it wouldn't be an off-base assumption, and they would easily accept that she committed suicide. So a lot of people think it is just difficult for alternative fans to cope with their emo idol getting into a more preppy aesthetic. But... Like I said, if you look into this, of course, Avril has said, that's ridiculous. I'm Avril Lavigne. I've been Avril Lavigne for my whole life. Who is this Melissa? Like, I've never used that. You know, but a blog post came about and it actually started in Brazil and is fully in Portuguese and it's circulated and has, it comes up every couple of years. So it'll lie dormant for a couple of years and then it, for whatever reason, it'll circulate again and then people will run with this that Avril Lavigne is not the real Avril Lavigne and then there's also like one that Chad Kruger Kroger killed her but that's I don't think that that's true but you know that's just one that I I knew existed and so when we were doing conspiracy theories and I was thinking about celebrities I was like oh I'm gonna do the Avril one because she was replaced by a body double some people said that she was cloned but then she was like or like people were like how was she fucking cloned but this body double thing obviously was a little bit easier to believe so that one you should look up on your own i'm just saying now this last one i have is also about a celebrity the celebrity is actually dead which is really sad okay now this one you remember when i was talking about when i was really young and i would fall down rabbit holes on the internet 
Mm -hmm. This is one of those that I fell down. Now, this celebrity died in 2009. And... I was older. I was an upperclassman in high school. I was a junior in 2009. So it was like 16, 17 years old. So it's not like I was, you know, 9, 10 years old. But it was just baffling to me at that time, you know, before you really, like, it's not like I didn't know about drugs. People were smoking weed and doing stuff, you know, like cocaine. That was not something I was foreign to. But it was just weird that a 30-something-year-old celebrity that I liked would just die. Uh, mm -hmm. Brittany Murphy. So Brittany Murphy passed away suddenly at the age of 32 years old. And people are still baffled by this. To this day, baffled by this death. Brittany's own father came out and said he believed she was intentionally poisoned. Now, if you don't know who Brittany Murphy is, she was in one of my favorite movies. One of my all-time favorite movies. We'll never talk about it on this podcast because it's not horror related, but it is Girl Interrupted with Angelina Jolie and Winona Ryder and such a Brittany good movie. Murphy. Yes. So that was, I didn't watch this movie till later in high school, so. Good. Yeah. Another good movie she was in that I really loved watching with my mom like on Sundays was Uptown Girls. She's really good mm -hmm. in that film as well, but she was also in Clueless back in the day, if you're a 90s kid. And you watch she was also in 8 Mile? She was in 8 Mile, yes, with Eminem. So, obviously when her death broke, she died on December 20th, 2009. It was a big deal, especially to us that grew up in the 90s and watched her in the late 90s, early 2000s. So, there are a lot of theories circulating around this, and there are articles being published about her death all the way until April 2020. So, literally, this is going to be posted in May. We're recording this in April to the month that we recorded this. There are still articles coming out about this death. And it has been over a decade. And so, for there to still be articles coming out about this, people are not satisfied with this answer. Which I think, we're talking about conspiracies, I think that really attests to the fact that there's just weird stuff going on here, you know? Mm -hmm. So, on December 20th, 2009, Brittany Murphy collapsed in her home and later died at the hospital due to cardiac arrest. The next day, an autopsy report came out and said the death was actually three different factors. Acute pneumonia, iron deficient anemia, and drug intoxication of both prescription and over-the-counter medication. She had hydrocodone, acetaminophen, which is Tylenol, a nasal decongestion, and an allergy medicine in her system. So it wasn't like it was cocaine and meth and heroin. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. All right. She was sick. Those are things you take when you're exactly. sick. Exactly. Another odd factor was her husband, Simon, died five months later of the same cause. He was found dead in their home by Brittany's mother. Coroners believe they both died by the same pneumonia and anemia while he OD'd on prescription meds and she OD'd on over-the-counter meds. The family sued the building and won, citing toxic mold, but that was never ruled as an official cause of death. There was and is a lot of buzz about drug abuse and marital problems between them as well, and I only throw that in because if you look in the 10 years between 2009 and 2020, that's just kind of something that's been thrown in there. Because people are like, oh my god, she was young and healthy. How could pneumonia kill a young, healthy 32-year-old? And people are like, well, if you're addicted to drugs, <laughs> you know, you're immunocompromised. And people are like, well, 
Right. Was she addicted to drugs or not? There, her talk screen was clean other than these over-the-counter medications and hydrocodone, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but that's just something people were saying. So, just throwing that in there. Murphy's father, who actually died recently in 2019 at the age of 92, spent the last decade of his life believing she and possibly her husband were being poisoned intentionally by none other than her own mother, Sharon Murphy, as she resided with them at the time of death, but did not have the health problems both of these younger adults succumbed to. Murphy's, oh, excuse me, Murphy's father also claimed that these there were high levels of metal concentration, of like heavy metal concentration, present during the autopsy, furthering his belief that she was being poisoned. So, like. This one's just really weird because, like I said, it's just, it's one of those things that Hollywood has never been able to accept. You get a death in Hollywood, they say what causes it, people grieve, and they move on. Every now and then an article will come out about the celebrity, but it's not going to be like, you know, other than like the National Enquirer being like, they were murdered, you know, they probably right. the same magazine that sets up alien sets and been like, alien sighting. They're never like, you know, but what really caused it? But literally to this day, there are still articles like what really caused Brittany Murphy and her husband's death. And everything cites possible intentional poisoning. What happened to this young, lively, fucking 32-year-old woman and her 40-year-old filmmaker husband? You know, when I first started researching this when this happened, everyone was like, oh, fucking Simon did it. Her husband did it. You know, he poisoned her. There were heavy metals in her system. But then he fucking died of pneumonia and anemia. And it's like, but did he? You know, it's just really weird. And the Hollywood elite is scary. Like we've talked about celebrities before, but what would Brittany Murphy, and you don't know what these people are involved in. And he was a British filmmaker, I think. I don't know, but what could they have been involved in or what could the mother have wanted? But like Brittany Murphy's father was convinced to his deathbed that she was poisoned. There was (laughs) nothing that could convince him otherwise. And I realize as human beings, we struggle with, grasping death like why did my 32 year old daughter die there's no good reason for her to be dead so saying oh well somebody poisoned her could have just been a coping mechanism you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but for him to spend the last 10 years of his life trying to convince people that she was poisoned you know usually people do that for a year or two and then they're like okay she was sick because of this black mold or because of this or because she just had pneumonia and because they kept saying well if she had gone to a doctor sooner she would have been which is what a lot you know the coroner said like if they had gone to doctors sooner they would have been fine but he was like no absolutely not she was definitely poisoned it's one of those cases where it keeps coming up every like six months to a year an article will come up about Brittany murphy and her death so it just feels like there's a lot there that we're not getting answers on and her family's not getting answers on and maybe she was murdered you know right well i am cheating a little while you're talking because i was fascinated yeah i looked at the wikipedia part and there's one that just stuck out to me and it is I'm just going to read it to you. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. 
In December 2011, Sharon Murphy changed her stance, announcing that toxic mold was indeed what killed her daughter and son-in-law, and filed a lawsuit against the attorneys who represented her in an earlier suit against the builders of the home where her daughter and son-in-law died. If you are positive that it's toxic mold that killed your daughter, wouldn't you find someone to test that for you period and discussion well, and to the ends of the exactly earth. what like one of the things he was saying like they never proved that the autopsy never said toxic mold and when you have a 32 year old dead because of pneumonia and anemia followed by a 40 year old dead because of pneumonia and anemia in the same fucking house wouldn't that be one of the first things that you do is check the environment like it just seems like it would be logical but they never found that you know right yeah and i'm not trying to be that person but she looks real creepy online Ooh, she I didn't looks actually like a look at her well and you know how much was her daughter worth at that point she was kind of at the peak of her career because she had just done uptown girl she had dated i'm not saying dating makes you like you know but she was dating ashton kutcher for a while you know all this stuff she had married a really rich filmmaker they were she was just moving up like you know if the husband and the daughter were out who's gonna get the estate right you know gross yeah so and, you know, if she didn't do it, that's sad that everyone thinks you killed your daughter. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, and there's this article from the New York Daily News that I'm looking at now. And you know, it's like, Brittany Murphy's mother breaks her silence to dispute X's absurd claim that actress was poisoned. And this was in 2013. Like, how many years did it take you to break that silence? Right. You know, like, maybe you were just, you know, and they were estranged. You know. And she said it was, it was outrageous and absurd. I bet. Dang, he did a lot. He was a screenwriter, director, producer, makeup artist. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, and also for a 32-year-old that didn't have any drug history, because they didn't find anything. And I don't know. And the fact that he had to fight in court to obtain her hair. Like, I don't know. Like, if the husband is dead the parent should be able to make the decisions on their remains. Why would he have to fight that? Right. You know? Weird. Creepy. Isn't it weird? And the reason I thought of that when we're doing conspiracy theories is because I looked that up at some point in my teenage or early 20s years and I was like, what the fuck? And for some reason at that point I was like, oh, her husband did it. So maybe it was before he died. So it must have been like right after she died. Because people were like, mm -hmm. oh, he killed her. But then he died. I don't know, man. It's just like, why is this 32-year-old and this 40-year-old dead? But nobody right. else in that building? You know? Like, I know that they probably had their own... Was it an apartment? They, they said in the building, so I would assume so. It probably is some sort of penthouse. Because they sued a management company. Huh. Yeah. Right? Weird. Hmm. Yeah. And I really liked, you know, I wasn't a huge... Oh, no, it's a house. Oh, it is 8,000 square feet. House. I don't know. They sued... What did my notes say? Hold on. She won against... 
It said the family sued the building and won. The builders, probably? I read that. Maybe. Maybe it was the builders. I don't know. It's just weird the like, you know, I get black mold, but like I said, that's something that usually would be cited in an autopsy. Like, there's some sort of spores. Or, yeah. Like, I'm not a exactly. medical professional. It's just something that, you know, coroners don't miss. They're doctors. They don't they don't well, yeah especially way. like you said a 32 year old like what killed her they would look for something yeah well and like i've had pneumonia i think or it could have been fucking coronavirus at this point we don't fucking know but what could i've had some sort of respiratory that they thought was pneumonia as a 20 year old like that shit's no joke but like it didn't you know what i mean like i don't know like and for allergy medicine and a nasal decongestant and tylenol to be the combination, I just, it, mm, I don't know. I don't know, man. That's yeah. like a really high dose to have to kill you, even with hydrocodone <laughs> added in there. It's just sketchy. I'm not saying I'm a cop. I'm not saying I'm a doctor. It's just weird. Like, I'm not even saying the mother did it. I'm just saying, like, who wanted this poor girl dead or who wanted this poor couple dead? Right. And if the mother was the one huh. living with them, like it's just interesting. Like, and that's why it's a conspiracy theory because people don't believe she just died of pneumonia and anemia. People just don't believe that. That's why it's in. Well, it's the fact that he died right after it that makes it real suspicious. Yeah. Well, because people would have just been like, okay, well, she was sick. Because. Okay, it's a fluke, right? Yeah. Those are, no. And that's what they said. Those are a concoction that, you know, we're fighting something that she was trying to kill, you know, like she was sick, mm -hmm. you know? I don't know, man. But that's real bold of a mom to kill her daughter and then her son-in-law and not get caught. Yeah. Really bold. <laughs> and then probably her husband. No joke, man. Her straight... Well, he was 92. He probably didn't need that much. Help. Oh, that's true. But yeah. That's true. Like, waiting for him to die. She's like, can you fucking stop talking about me, man? Like, can you... Fucking okay, Yeah. So... And it was just really sad. Like, she was you don't have to be beautiful to be sad that you're dead but she was 32 she was doing she was still acting you know it wasn't like she yeah done and even if she was done i don't think she deserved to die but it's just like that's so young you know she had so much left and it's just man that one that one really kind of like fucked me up for a little while when i read about it and i was like what happened to this poor girl like we'll probably never know or maybe and maybe it was just a perfect concoction of black mold and pneumonia i don't know but it's just that's why it's a conspiracy theory you know right exactly so yeah, that's all i got though yeah i don't have anything else well what are your, some of your favorite conspiracy theories that we didn't touch on? We'd love to hear them because we would like to, you know, like we do, like I said, with the Haunted Hotel, we'd love to do a part two and go, you know, further into this. So let us know what some of your favorite conspiracy theories are. You can find us on all of our social medias as the Extra Sisters podcast on Facebook and Instagram or on Twitter at the Extra Sisters. You can, of course, email them in at theextrasisters at gmail.com. Even if we don't do another conspiracy theory episode until next year, we will definitely keep them in mind for then because we save all of our emails especially from you guys and you can find us on patreon and join our little family at patreon.com slash the extra sisters podcast until next time stay creepy